0: See, at age four, you will say, My mum can do anything. At age 12, mum doesn't know everything. Age 14, mum doesn't know anything. At age 18, mum is so uncool and way out of the times. At age 25, things start to change. Well, mum knows a few things. At age 35, maybe mum can help us. And age 55, I wish I could talk to my mum. She was a good sword. All right. Let's just pray. Father, we um, we just thank you for who you are, God, in this place. And Lord, this morning as we just come into your word and just come across what you have to say, Father, I just ask that you would just, just speak to people in a powerful and a mighty way. Lord, we acknowledge that you are here, that you want to change lives, that you just want to move in this place, God. And as we just, just humble ourselves before you and say, Lord, have your way this morning in this place. God, I ask that you would truly have your way. And Lord, by your spirit, please, God, just speak to lives, change lives, and just help us and challenge us to live a life that is more more like you in everything that we do, God. Just be upon the service in your awesome name. Amen. All right, this morning, I want to talk on the power of sacrifice. You see, I kind of think mothers are a great example of sacrifice. Mothers give up what is sometimes, for some mothers it would be their careers. They give up, a lot of parents, a lot of mums give up so much of their lives to make a way for their children, to give them the best life possible. And so this morning, I really want to just honor the mums here and just try to relate this morning the, the ultimate sacrifice. I want to kind of just switch the two together and just in a way of just saying, hey, well done to mums for what you do. And I also want to just challenge us and what it looks like to truly love and to truly sacrifice the way Christ has called us to live. So I'm going to try to combine the two this morning and we'll get there. Okay, might be a little bit messy, but... It will be good, and I'm excited. So, I want to start off by reading a poem. Guys will hit me later, but hey, it's Mother's Day. I can get off with it. Conditional love isn't easy, and it cannot last forever. With demands on expectations to sing their every song, unconditional love is easy. It comes without the strings. When there isn't any motive, it's amazing what it brings. This morning, I really want to look into... Unconditional love. No connections, but a true love that is given freely. See, the more we give without expecting anything in return, the closer we get to giving the gift of true love. No better place this morning to start than with the cross. When we look at unconditional love and we look at this idea of perfect love, the cross is the perfect example for this. And I want to just really just pull something out of it and a little thought this morning for you guys to just dwell on and think about. So we'll just hopefully you guys will get this. And and here we go. So Mark fifteen, twenty nine. Those who passed by heaped abuse on him, shaking their heads and saying, Ah, you who are going to destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, come down from the cross and save yourself. In the same way, the chief priests and scribes mocked him among themselves, saying, He who saved others cannot even save himself. If you're truly who you say you are, come down from there and show yourself. So Jesus is on this cross, and everyone is suddenly just mocking him for what he is about to do. And they're yelling at him and saying things that just kind of just cut deep. And I know... As a person, when people try to just challenge your integrity and the reasons why you're doing things, it, it kind of hurts, and you want, to, you want to fight back and just prove yourself to them. So hold on a second, no, I'm doing this for this reason. And you're trying to just prove who you are. And Jesus has been completely and utterly mocked for what he is doing in this instance. And he's kind of like, I wish I could just show you. I wish I could come down there and show you. But he's like, man... I'm doing this for you. And you're ridiculing me? The only reason I'm doing this is because I love you so much. You see, Jesus wasn't focused on showing himself. When they're yelling out to him, come down from there, show yourself. Prove who you are, like you say you're this, come down from there and show yourself. And Jesus is like, hold on. If I'm going to utterly and truly love you, I'm going to stay focused on what's important, and that's you. See, Jesus took himself out of the picture in a way. He said, hold on. What I'm about to do is actually all about you. I don't need to come down and prove who I am. I don't need to prove myself to you. You see, I'm pretty sure mothers out there go through the same thing a little bit. See, I watch my wife and my little boy, and and they can have some little fights from now to then. And I know Prue will be saying something like, Oh, you know, you can't have that fizzy drink, no way. And so, and so, here's, here's the thought behind it is that mum is like, we don't want to give you sugar because it's bad for you. We love you. I'm just this is just a little minor one, okay? Just sugar, you guys. Yeah. But anyway, so she's just like, no, you cannot have sugar. And and of course, a little boy is like, oh, mum. You know, and he starts getting a little bit angry, a little bit fired up. Like, why would you do this to me? Like, if you love me, come on, give me some sugar. Like, you, and, then it, and then it starts, then comes the abuse. And I'm sitting there, and you hear crazy words like, you poo bum. And I'm just like, it's getting crazy. And then some other words that are just made up come. And, then, and so dad just steps into the picture, picks him up by his arm, carries him to his room, puts him in, shuts the door. Solved, okay? I have a feeling that those words might get a little bit more harsher as time goes on. And as parents, you guys are doing what you know is best for your kids, and you're loving them, and you're saying and putting in place certain things, and then you start getting abused. Why are you doing this, mum? What's the point in that? You don't even like me. You're just trying to ruin my whole life. And things like this, and suddenly they start to hurt you. And in the same way, they're asking you to step down from the cross. They're asking you to step down and try to to just step into their world, but you've got to say, hold on. If I truly love you, I'm leaving myself out of the picture because I need to do what's best for you. Show yourself. See, true love is selfless and the fact that it doesn't involve you in the picture. Jesus is just like, hold on. I realize what you're trying to do here. But I've got a greater plan and purpose for your life. So therefore, I'm going to stay back here and just love you from here. So Jesus on the cross, when we truly love, we don't do it to impress others or make ourselves feel or look good. We do it because it's what's best for them. And we are taken out of the equation. It's selfless love, no reward and no benefit. This is true love. 1 John 4, verse 7 to 11. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him in this love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the proportions for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. See, church, I know we've been just looking at mums for a second here, but we are also called to love others. Not just as parents, but as part of our mission, as part of our calling as Christians, God's got a real heart and mandate on this world and this city. And it's us that is called to love them, to show the light of the world to these people. See, the other day I um, I had the privilege of marrying Stu and Sam, who are back here from their honeymoon. Welcome back, guys. And it was a real honor just to share with them a few thoughts on marriage. And, And this idea that when we come into marriage, sometimes we can want something in return. We can look at marriage as an opportunity to get something out of it. But we come there, we say our vows, and if you really look at the vows, these things are all sacrifices. These are all things that are going to cost you. And the idea that we come into marriage should be here I am. This is what I have to offer you. I love you and I'm going to give you all these things. It's not conditional on what you get in return. So often today we're looking at what the person's going to give us back, but it's like, hold on. My duty is to love you with everything I have and do whatever I can to see the best for you. It's not about what we get in return. I shared a couple of years ago, and sorry if if I repeat myself this morning, you've heard it before, but I really want to just share again the story of two and the fact that I learned so much about what unconditional love was. And a few years, quite a while back, friends of ours just started mingling with some street kids. And started to just try to build into their lives. And, and we ended up just spending a lot of time with one boy in particular. And we ended up getting him off the streets and started doing life with him. And he used to come and hang out with us. And every weekend we would do stuff and organize things just to hang out with these kids. And this one kid in particular ended up starting to come to church with us every Sunday. He was there at the front getting into it. And he gave his life to Christ. And it was an awesome experience. And, and my friend came to me and he was just like, hey, something needs to change, man. He's like, this kid lives in a very unsettled home. His father was the head of one of the gangs down there, um, and there was just so much rubbish going on in his home that my friend saw the need for him to get out of his place. And so as a young boy, he was at university, my friend, and he he decided that he was going to move out of his flat, rent out another flat, a two-bedroom flat on his own, and provide a room for this boy. You see, when you're at university, that's not easy. But this guy took everything he had, took his finances and placed it into this boy's life. And he began to love on this kid. And he said, look, I'm going to do this for a year for you. And he ended up spending a year with this kid, got this guy a job, got him set up, got him out of his home and saw this kid just go from strength to strength. And at the end of that year, the boy moved out and went on to hang out with some of his friends and got caught up in the rolling crowd. And within two months of him shifting out, He ended up pulling a shotgun to a A, um, petrol station attendee and held him up and took everything out of the cash register. He was arrested and sentenced to, I think it was eight years in jail. And I remember him, my friend, just ringing up straight away and just being like, man, I'm so annoyed. And I was like, bro, you should be annoyed. And he's like, no, no. I'm not so much annoyed at two. I'm more annoyed at the way people are telling me to just to let him go. And he said this thing to me, and this is what changed my thoughts on how and what it means to truly love. And he says, he said, at the end, he said, if I had the chance to do it all again, I would. I didn't do it for a result. I simply did it because I loved him. You see, so often we choose to love based on what we will get in return. See, I was so challenged by that thought of this is what true love is, that we freely give. What happens after that is up to them. But it's not my place to be in the picture. It's my place to just love. It was freely given. He took himself out of the frame I want to look at Joshua and this, this little idea this morning of the altar that he was instructed to build by Moses and and Joshua and the people of Israel have destroyed Jericho, I'll just give you a little bit of a background and AI so they now control the main entry into Canaan and the northern end of the highway that passes through the mountains south to Jerusalem and Hebron. But they don't go south, they move north to a place where they can carry out one of the instructions that Moses left for Joshua before he died. They march north and eventually come to a place where the road turns west and passes between two mountains. Mount Ebal on the right and Mount Gerizim on the left. The significance of this place is that before he died, Moses told Joshua that when he got to this place, he was to do a number of things. The people were divided evenly. If you could just kind of imagine dividing up the Israelites between these two places on each mountain, the one of blessings and the one of curses, so they can experience this huge object lesson of which will happen of them as they enter the land. You see, it will depend on whether their lives reside on which mountain. If they keep God's law, God will bless them. They will become the greatest of the nations. Their land will be fertile. All the other nations will look at them and envy. But if they disobey God's law, it will be like living in a land that's cursed. But before the blessings and curses are read out, Joshua needs to first build an altar on Mount Ebal, the mountain of curses. And in Deuteronomy 27 verse 4 to 7, this is the instructions that are given. And when you have crossed the Jordan, set up these stones on Mount Ebal as I command you today. And coat them with plaster. Build there an altar to the Lord your God, an altar of stones. Do not use any iron tool on them, but the altar of the Lord your God with field stones. And offer burnt offerings on it to the Lord your God. Sacrifice fellowship offerings there, eating them, rejoicing in the presence of the Lord your God. Here's the thing. I want to just kind of paint a little bit of a picture. Good picture, eh? I'm sorry. Um, Here's the thing. They are called to build an altar. And so you can imagine them coming together and saying, right, we're going to make this amazing sacrifice for God on this mountain of curses. And so they begin to build the altar, but if you look at the finer details there of how this altar should be created, it says here, it says, Build there an altar to the Lord your God, an altar of stones. Do not use any iron tool on them. You see, when you come to build an altar before God, you'd think, here's an opportunity for me to pretty it up. And so they're standing there looking at this altar and thinking, I want to I get my tools out, and I want to just shape these rocks. You see, it says here, you must use field stones. And these stones are just rugged, rough They're not going to be the prettiest things. And it's kind of like he's looking at this altar going, hold on, God, I'm just going to just start to carve into these rocks, pretty it up, make this altar look like the best altar that has ever been created. I want to put my touch on it. But they're specifically told not to put their touch on it. You see, I'm wondering, and I believe that when they stand back, When we bring a sacrifice to God, so often we can stand there and look and go, wow, look at that altar I made. Look at what I have put my hand to. Look what I've created. And we take our eyes off what's actually important and we start to focus on what we've done ourselves. You see, God's not interested in the altar. In this instant, he's only interested in the sacrifice that's been placed on the altar. See, the people need to be reminded from the start that God knows they can't keep the commandments perfectly. They will always need to return to God in repentance. They need to be reminded that God has made it possible for them to come back to him and receive his forgiveness. God was telling them that there was nothing a human being can do to add to this amazing grace that God has given us. Church, it's not about our works and the way we sing our songs and worship. It's not about how we pretty ourselves up for God. There's nothing we can do personally that is greater than what He has done for us. We need to realize that when we reach the lost, when we move from this place and love on people the way we're called to, when we love our children the way God has taught us to, it's not about ourselves. It's a love that is freely given with no returns. And when we come to the cross, when we come with our weaknesses, when we come with all our works, when we try pretty up the altar, it's not about the altar, it's about the sacrifice, it's about our Jesus Christ. I wanna read you this letter that came from from two after he arrived in prison. And I want to just encourage you guys this morning in the fact that. When we truly love, when we do what God has called us to do and we take ourselves away from the picture and we love freely and we love with everything we have, I really believe that we make a way. Sometimes it doesn't always work out the way we wanted it to. And, and I know parents will be here and mothers and you'll be like, man, my child hasn't turned out exactly how I wanted it to work out. But I want to just say that if you've truly just loved them, that you've made a way. The choice is now theirs. God sees what's going on. So it says here, it says, Hey, da-da-da-da, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Far I'm an idiot, eh? And sorry for how I've turned out. I've missed you hard out. So this is a letter that is written to the guy who flattered with him and paid for him to try and get him out of a situation. I've missed you hard out, brother. Being in here is doing good for me, though. I'm learning my lesson, but nah, I don't know what I was up to, eh? I think I was with the wrong people. How you been anyway? You must be ashamed of me because I'm ashamed of myself. But I hope you forgive me, brother. And yeah, I think I need to move back into you, with you, sharpen me up. But ha, uh, but maybe not, eh? But how you been? and what you're doing for Christmas and New Year's. Hope you're having a good one. I'm spending mine in here, which is pretty gay, but there's a heaps of us, which makes it a little bit better. But there's some real broken people, some people that don't care. But me, I thought it was just another day in here, because I've been in here for like seven months now. Pretty long, eh? But not compared to some other people in here. Ten years, haha, but nah. I hope God has forgiven me. And I've been praying to him heaps to keep me safe and that nothing would happen to me. And I know he's been looking out for me because he's the only one that's kept me happy in here. Because when I pray for good days, he gives me the best days. And you can get in here and it's just being happy in an unhappy place. But now I miss you hard out, my brother. And looking back now, looking how happy I was going to church, living with you and hanging with all the church friends, just makes me sad giving all that up and turning away. But oh well, I can only change what I'm going to do in the future now and wish to see you when I get out, my brother. But you take care. I'm going to go now. God bless, right back. P.S. Pray for me. See, selfless love makes a way. To love selfless is to take ourselves out of the picture. This is our calling, to love unconditionally with no returns. Show yourself, they cried to Jesus. Show yourself. But he only had one thing on his mind, and that was to see what was best for us. He didn't need to prove himself or prove who he was or his reasonings all he needed to do was love and make himself the ultimate sacrifice. Love will seriously cost you something. True love will cost you. It will cost you. Just at the end of last year, the young boy too um, got married. Um, beautiful wife, and is now serving and working in a church in Tauranga as, a, as one of the leaders in the church. And and see, it's, I love it. I'm just like, man, there's power. Someone choose, or chose to just love this kid as he was with no returns. And when this kid walked away and wasted what seemed like every bit of money this guy had spent on that kid, the young boy said, hey, doesn't bother me. I'll do it all over again because I didn't have any strings attached. I just loved him because he's genuinely worth loving. See, I want to honor the mums this morning that are selflessly loved. It's a lifestyle that takes yourself out of the picture. And I want to honor and thank you guys, those that are here, that are mums that have put that effort in that have laid themselves down to raise and make a way for your children. And I want to also just challenge us all, not harshly at all, but there we are called to selfishly love others. If I could just get the music team up, they'd be awesome guys. You see... When we look at the cross this morning, when we look at the perfect and ultimate sacrifice, some of us need to take ourselves out of the picture and realize there's nothing we can do to earn God's grace this morning. As you are here this morning, he loved. He gave himself In a picture of perfect love for each of you as you are. And in a way, it's not even about the cross. I know the cross is a massive symbol, and I'm not trying to demean it in any way. But it's about what was on the cross that has made a way for each of us here this morning. And as we honor and respect mothers here, we need to give gratitude to Jesus who paid the ultimate price on that cross, who was the one who has made a way for everyone here this morning, just as you are. See, grace is what has set us free. And this has made a way. These guys are just going to sing Majesty this morning, and I think it's an amazing just song. And that your grace has just found us, just as we are. And this morning in this place, I want to I want to open up this space here just for people. If you want to say, yeah, hey, I, I just want to come before God. And maybe I've been trying to pretty up my altar. Maybe I've been standing back and going, hey, look, God, what am I doing? Look at this. This is amazing. I'm doing all this to show you how much I love you. I'm doing all this to make it look perfect, and I'm doing all this, but I want to just say, hey, as you are, you're loved, and sometimes we just need to stop and realize it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus this morning. His grace has found us just as we are. The ultimate image of selfless love. Come down from there. He's just like, no, it's not about me. It's about you. Father, we just, we want to honor and come before you this morning and see who you are. Lord, we want to just be gracious and grateful for what you have done, Lord. And realize, God, that it's not about us, but it's about what you've done, Lord. And Father, this morning in this place, as we, as parents here, striving to raise kids, Lord, man, God, I ask that you would just really give them grace and the ability to take themselves out of the picture. That God, you'll give them the strength to truly love unconditionally the way you have taught us to. Father, I pray for families that may be just struggling in, in this area of raising their kids. God, please, I know there's power in what you do. There's power in you in this place. Right here this morning, there is power. And I ask that you just step into their situations and the parents, Lord, just give them a new revelation of true love and just the ability and the strength to outwork that into these children that they have been gifted to raise. And Father, for us, Lord, your commission to go into the world and preach the gospel, to love on others, Lord, to share your light through our good deeds. God, I pray you really help us to truly love the way you called us to love God without ourselves in the picture. No strings attached, but just love because everyone is worth loving in this place, in this world, and in this city.